This podcast is now streaming on the Accounting Influencers main show. Subscribe to the Accounting Influences podcast to listen to more content just like this. You can also watch this episode on YouTube. Please like and subscribe to learn even more from the very best experts, thought leaders and influencers in the accounting and fintech world. Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network presents Best Practice in Accounting. Brought to you by Dext. And a special shout out to one of our new commercial sponsors for this podcast. It's ProNation. Martin, this is a really exciting game changer in the accounting world. Yeah, the buzz right now from accounting community perspective. So we're not short of accounting communities. So what's going on here? And the three heads is better than one approach has been taken. And we've got three practitioners here in ProNation who are leading a community for all sizes of firms. And because they are practitioners who have worked with thousands of firms themselves around the world in an advisory capacity, they understand the common frustrations and they have the knowledge from practice growth to practice technology to practice systems to help members step by step break through the barriers of resistance that are holding those practitioners back from building the firm they really want. And let's their names, Martin. You're talking about Lucy Cohen, Will Finell, Carl Reader. They're the new breed of influencers coming through. They've graced international stages now. They're owning accounting firms themselves, so they've been there and done it. And this gets around the old problem of one guru, one mentor, my way or no other way. But here we've got perspective, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, three different firms, three different types of firms, and brought them into seven figures as well, which is often a very difficult barrier for any sort of firm owner to break. So basically what they're saying is that if a practitioner wants more time, uh, if they want, you know, as in discretionary time, if they want more money, if they want more self-confidence, and if they want a better team around them or the team they've got to stay longer, then that's the sort of support they're going to find and to help them achieve in ProNation. Amazing. And we're asking them now to join the nation, Martin, aren't they? Where can people find out more? Exactly thereof. Yes, join the nation uk. that's jointhenation.co.uk, gives you all the information you need and gives you a chance to apply to join at a size of firm dependent or size of firm specific level. And this is international as well. So go to jointhenation.co.uk, take a look at what's on offer there. This is a new community for a new age. Welcome to our Best Practice in Accounting podcast with me, Rob Brown, and guest host, Will Farnell, founder of Farnell Clark. Will, for people that don't know you, they're listening. We have listeners all over the world for this show. We love having you on this Best Practice slot because you actually run an accounting firm. Tell us a little bit about Farnell Clark. Uh, thanks, Rob. Nice to be here again. Uh, so I founded Farnell Clark in 2007, uh, having worked for PwC for a number of years before that in efficiency and process improvement. Um, and I had the benefit of not having trained in practice. So I had no preconceptions about how to run an accounting firm. So when I did set up Farnell Clark, I put myself in the shoes of the client and said, hey, I'm a client here. What's important to me? Uh, what are the things that I want if I'm a client of an accounting practice? Um, and uh, uh, we were very early adopters of technology. Uh, we'll come on to kind of some of the drivers for that, I'm sure, during the conversation we're going to have today. But we were probably one of the first 100% cloud practices globally uh, back in 2009. So technology has played a really big part in, in our growth as a, as a firm. And we've, uh, we've grown about 30% year on year 
every year for about 15 years now. Well, it's a great story and firms big or small, they are very much in demand at the moment because the business clients that they serve are navigating an increasingly complex world with a huge amount of economic drivers and implications of that for growing. So the accounting profession as a whole will, it's competitive. It's hard to differentiate. One accounting firm website looks the same as the others. They make similar promises, similar value propositions. They're always warring for the same kind of talent. You're a big proponent, aren't you, of the vision or purpose of an accounting firm is what sets it apart. Just unpack that a bit for us. Yeah, I think, I think, and it goes wider than accounting firms. Any, any business needs clarity of who they are, what they do and how they do it. Um, and it's interesting you made the point about everybody looking the same and, and, and so on. And, and I use that line quite a bit when I'm, when I'm talking on stage in terms of if we go back 25 years, most accountants looked the same, did the same, said the same things, charged about the same, and it was really difficult to differentiate. And actually the world of the, the World Wide Web um, uh, the ability to be able to create um, uh, nice looking websites, um, being able to focus in on niches and, and various other things has actually created an opportunity for, for firms to, to start to differentiate what they, what they do. Um, so that's kind of a, a, a good place to, to start the conversation. But when I work with accounting firms, um, Generally, I get asked to go in because people think they want to talk about process. They think they want to talk about technology because they're the things that we've done quite well in our firm. But almost without fail, um, uh, without exception almost, every firm I go into, we end up spending most of our time talking about um, purpose, vision, values um, and pricing. Um, pretty much two topics that that seem to affect the vast majority of, of certainly small accounting firms. Um, we're going to talk about the, the the purpose, vision and values piece, because 15 years into my business, I, I look back now at the things that have had the biggest impact on what we've been able to do as a firm. Um, and quite frustratingly, it's probably only in the last three or four years that I've actually been able to understand the power of purpose. Um, and what I mean by that is how powerful it was that on the day that I opened the doors to Farnell Clark, I knew exactly what it was I was trying to do. Um, and it was quite grandiose because I, I went in and said, I think that most accountants are not delivering what clients deserve. They're not delivering the level of services I think they should be getting. Um, so I'm going to change the world. Uh, I'm going to change the way professional services are delivered and how those services are perceived by the users of those services. So I wanted to single-handedly change professional services and I wanted people to have a different perception about those services they were buying and engaging with. Um, and actually, I think that's, that's the start point for this conversation because when we talk about purpose beyond vision, it's actually about something that, you know, it doesn't matter if you never, ever achieve it, but actually the desire to want to achieve it and the clarity around what it is you want to deliver is a thing that drives you along. And when I look back at the various decisions that, that I've made as, as we've grown Farnell Clark, so much of it is directly attributable to, to that, that vision and, and that purpose on day one in terms of that we really want to change the way these services are delivered. We did that through technology. We did it through the way we priced our services very early on. We even did it down to the fact that 
in 2007, most accountants still wore a shirt and tie, certainly the male ones. Um, uh, and we made that conscious decision on day one. That wasn't who we were. That wasn't what we were about. Um, so that power of purpose has driven so many decisions that, that we've made as a business for the last 15 years. And it's only very recently that I've been able to connect a lot of those decisions back to that, that purpose because we didn't plaster it on a wall or anything else. It was just something that was was very kind of um, uh, embedded in, in me and what I was trying to do in the way that I portrayed the business to both clients and, and people that came to work for us. And you did a, a piece for our Insights in Accounting show a few weeks ago. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. And you talked about the, the power of purpose and vision for accounting firms. So we stated there and we picked up on an article on this that it is important that when we come to best practice, there are do's and don'ts for setting a vision and getting your purpose and your your passion, your mission statement in place. So for firms that haven't, or firms that haven't, maybe need to recalibrate their vision. What are the initial steps? Will I think it's it's got it's certainly for smaller firms, it's got to be really personal to the to the business owner because it's their tone, it's it's their 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 attitudes, it's their baby, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and and funnily enough, I hadn't made this connection before we started uh, to record this, but uh, uh, Gary Turner, ex uh, um, uh, head of Zero in in the UK. Uh, um, departed zero after 12 years or so at the helm of building the UK business. And Gary's writing a, uh, a regular weekly feature. And, and he actually wrote an article uh, that he published today that was all about the kind of the vision and the values and, and the way that uh, um, uh, zero kind of embedded embedded its its values into all of its, all of its team and, and Gary's role, particularly in terms of, once a month meeting with with all of the new joiners into zero and spending an hour talking about where their values came from and how important they were so uh, perhaps i can share that link with you rob as well and we can put that in the in the show notes it's a really interesting article that really demonstrates the importance of of this stuff when it's really easy to kind of just pass it off as kind of management mumbo jumbo or or whatever so we've got the importance, Will, but what are the practical steps? As we said, it's it's got to be close to the owner. If you already have an established team, then your team have got to buy into it as well. So you've got to get your team engaged in this process. It's no good having, having values that you stick on the wall and never refer to them. Um, so often when I'm working with firms, everybody knows what their, their, their vision is. They know why they're doing what they do, but they struggle to articulate it. So sometimes it's it's perhaps bringing somebody in to facilitate that that conversation to turn it into something that that's meaningful and 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 has a uh, a clarity around it that everybody can buy into and and share. So you're talking about maybe two people there. Well, for me, it's having that objective, impartial voice to ask the critical questions and give some perspective on a brand that perhaps the owners and board are too close to. But the other is a maybe some kind of marketing or copywriting expert to encapsulate that in the right kind of language. That's two jobs. To a point, to a point, I think, I think it's really dangerous when we start getting marketing people to come and write our vision because it's got, it's got to come from the people who live and breathe it. It's really easy to, to see this as a marketing exercise. And if you do, you're kind of almost missing the point. So what I often say to firms is that, that actually, you will be living your your vision and your values already. 
So actually, the thing to do is to ask the question to your best clients, ask the question to your best employees in terms of if you could describe our business in three words, what would they be? Because we start to get a real sense then of the the perception that we're projecting to to those people that we're engaging with, that we want to engage with because they're our favourite clients, that are clients we really like, the clients we want to work with, the employees that we really value. So getting their insights into thinking about how they'd describe us because the the values thing is is certainly in, again in smaller firms where it's the owner that the, the business owner that's driving it so much of it is their personal values um and it's it's them having the belief in the things that they're trying to do whatever that might be so they're doing this stuff naturally anyway so this is the point that the articulation is the hard bit and actually where we where we can get benefit from facilitation is is exactly that so it's it's about facilitating the the dialogue to get the business owner the, the the team or whatever to articulate the things that are really important to them and then it's taking those and perhaps then that's the time to say okay let's get people that can can take this and put it into language that we can we can use effectively um without changing the message because that's the last thing we want to do so you're talking about the smaller firms will where there is an owner there is a driving force a personal brand behind the corporate brand so they can dictate the vision of the firm and asking clients i completely get that once you get to a bigger firm 50 100 200 500 1000 people presumably articulating some kind of common vision that everyone buys into that's more complex Absolutely. The more people there are, the harder it gets because so much is ingrained already in the business and we know change is difficult. And actually, um, so much of an organization's culture is is embedded in attitudes, behaviors, um, personalities. Uh, so getting that to change is really hard. But then equally, so much of culture is unwritten anyway. Um, so actually, some of that stuff will already exist it's understanding what are the bits of that that are really valuable that you want to keep and uh, and amplify uh, and what are the bits that you want to kind of turn the volume down and and, and almost make them disappear and, and the more people you've got the more important it is that you you kind of get team members engaged in in the process because getting people to adopt and buy into um what are fundamentally significant behaviours that an organisation wants to demonstrate becomes really, really difficult. And uh, and even in accounting with multi-partner firms, I talk about the need for, for firms to develop a personality that, that can be relatable to everybody because you get 10 partners in a firm, they've all got different personalities. So how do we get that consistency into a firm personality that goes beyond just a brand? Presumably a red flag, Will, would be that if you ask your clients to describe your firm in three words and they can't come up with anything, that's a problem. Equally, if you asked your own employees, your own staff to say, what three words describe what it's like to work in our firm, that you're the employer brand, if they can't consistently articulate that or they're all giving different answers, you've got a confusing vision. Yes, and a very confused message. And this is and this is a problem. We know that that research that's been done into millennial Gen Z who are, uh, are ultimately if not our clients of now, certainly our clients of the not too distant future. So many of those buying decisions are built around 
an alignment of values with the organizations they engage with. So if if we can't articulate those vision and values within our own organization um, and our team don't understand them, we've got no hope of, of kind of helping prospective clients really understand what it is we, uh, we're striving to do, what we live for as an organization. So it's becoming so more, much more important for firms to, to really understand this point and build it into their their external messaging both for recruitment and for clients of course and i I guess as we bring this to a close two terms two words have to come up in your vision somewhere one is clients and the other is technology because those are the two key ways i can see to differentiate your firm and your vision would you agree and to to a point i mean people people have got to be in there as well because obviously we we can't we we don't have a business without people in 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 what what we do so it's why for me technology and 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 people um and client is is kind of all all wrapped into uh uh into one and actually we're using this as a point of difference and in in our in our purpose um, our vision is something slightly different to our purpose but the purpose for me was about fundamentally changing the way professional services are delivered now that would have been about delivering better for the client, using technology to deliver in the most efficient way, having the best people looking after those clients. So it's all wrapped in, but they don't need to be the buzzwords in it. It's actually about what is it that we're, what is it we're trying to do as a business? What is it that, what, what big thing do we want to change in the world? Whether or not we ever actually do it doesn't matter as long as we have a damn good go and, and try really hard to do so. What's the vision of Final Clark, Will? Uh, so at the moment, our vision is to be number one digital native accounting business in the UK. Um, uh, and our purpose is still there. So our purpose is still about we want to fundamentally change the way professional services are delivered. Uh, and we constantly evolve uh, what we do as a business to make sure that we're pushing boundaries and, and that we are looking at what we deliver to our clients and saying, how can we do it better uh, every day of the week? That's great. Plenty to think about there. And if you are employed in an accounting firm and you are not sure of the vision of the firm, then definitely they they haven't got a vision or they have got a vision that you're not bought into or unaware of. So ask and find out what's going on and if necessary, shape that discussion because it is a great way to set your firm apart and assure your future in a very competitive landscape. So Will Farnell, thank you for being our guest host today on Best Practice in Accounting. Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network presents Best Practice in Accounting. Leading the discussion on firms that are standing out, winning work, and becoming the top performers in the accounting and fintech world. Brought to you by Dext.